Hello, and welcome to another episode of the KPMG podcast series for tax leaders. For today's special International Women's Day episode, we brought together a panel of distinguished female tax leaders who will share their inspiring stories and perspectives on their careers in tax so far, including the challenges and opportunities they've experienced, the advances in the industry, and the role women play in tax today. Joining me in this conversation are Manal Corwin, Principal in Charge of Washington National Tax and Head of International Tax Policy, KPMG in the US, with Kamal Dahl, Head of Global Transfer Pricing Services at KPMG International, and finally Sharon Katz-Perlman, Global Head of Dispute Resolution and Controversy, also at KPMG International. Manal, Kamal and Sharon, thanks for joining me on this conference call today. Perhaps we can start at the beginning. Thinking back to your childhoods, do you remember what your dream job was and why? Sharon, can I start with you? I trained to become a ballet dancer from my very young childhood all the way through college, um, and I never made it to actually National Ballet of Canada was the company that I desperately wanted to join. For many reasons, my father did not approve, so he wouldn't sign the release for me to audition. I was a minor. It was the only fight I ever had with my parents, really. So I taught for many, many, many years. I taught all through law school, and I danced with a small company in in the city here in Manhattan. But that was my dream job for well past my childhood. I don't know. There was just something magical about ballet, and I fell in love with it. So sort of a strange beginning for a tax lawyer, I guess. (laughs) Thanks, Sharon. And Manal? So as a child, I wanted to be a high school math teacher. I loved teaching. I used to put all my dolls up and and my younger siblings and force them to hear me pretend to be a teacher. Um, And I liked math. And so for me, that that felt like the dream job. And Kamal, did you have a dream job when you were young? I've always known since I've been young. I've been really fascinated with all things international. So I don't know if I had a specific job in mind. But whether it was from watching the Olympics and seeing all the citizens from around the world or whether it was, you know, just reading and meeting people from different backgrounds and cultures, I've always found that I've been interested in the international domain. So growing up and being able to do something that allows me to experience different perspectives different ways of trying to solve problems has, has, you know, been able to allow me to take what I've always loved as a child to where I am today. Thanks, Kamal. Can you each tell us your career journey so far, where your career began and the moves you've made to reach where you are today? Again, Sharon, can I start with you? My first real position was with the U.S. government, the litigation arm of the Internal Revenue Service, the Office of, of Chief Counsel. From there, after eight years, I I came to KPMG as the experiment. When I came here, there really were no attorneys from the government um, that had made the move to a non-law firm. You know, it's interesting when I when I think back, I I really never intended to leave the government. The only reason I did leave is because um, I had my first child and realized that I needed flexibility. And despite the fact that it was the government and everybody assumes the government is super flexible, you know, back then they really were not. And I actually had to step down from my special litigation attorney role, which was a competitive role. There are very few of those spots. So I did. It took me a, a while to kind of 
come to the realization that it was just very important to me to be able to be home and do all the mommy things that I didn't feel that I had enough time to do. I stepped down from that position and so um, looked at several things and then was contacted um, by somebody in KPMG's national tax office uh, and said, the firm would like to do an experiment. Would you like to be the guinea pig? And that's how, that's how it started. And the group has grown, and, and I've taken on different roles over the years. And now here I am as I, I lead the U.S. practice, but in a global context, I helped establish the Global Disputes Group and oversee that now, and I love it. Thanks, Sharon. And Kamal? Before I arrived at KPMG, I, um, I was with the Federal Reserve Bank. So as, a ba- as background, I'm an economist by training. And after my degree, I worked at the Federal Reserve Bank. I spent a little bit of time um, in public accounting at another firm. But then when I joined KPMG, I was here in New York and really appreciated the experience that I had um, working in really what is uh, our U.S. firm's headquartered office. But very quickly, I think I was interested in learning more about the firm, um, understanding how our our own firm's strategy worked. So I had done a, a rotation in our vice chairman's office for tax and accelerated in my career pretty quickly. And then I started to get a little restless again, and I thought about making a move internationally. So I then moved on to a secondment in the UK, which is which is relatively rare uh, to do as a partner, particularly in tax, that I ended up staying there almost five and a half years. So by the time I returned to New York five and a half years later, it was it was with a, a much broader network globally. And then from there moved into the current role that I'm in now, which is in which is leading our global services for transfer pricing. Manal, what has your career journey been? It hasn't been a straight line to where I I am today. I, I started out um, in school um, thinking I wanted to be a doctor. I was an engineering major, but trying to take all the classes necessary to become a doctor. Um, I eventually realized that that was a, a lot to take on, and I switched to psychology um, and uh graduated as a psychology major, but then decided I wanted to go to graduate school and ended up going to law school um, and spent uh, three years in law school, which I loved, and and that was a a really good fit. Had the opportunity to um, clerk for a judge um, and then went to a Washington law firm where I was uh, immediately uh, attracted to the tax group and was, was doing international tax from the very the very beginning of my career. Um, I was, you know, on a path to making partner in that law firm and, and uh, content to, uh, with, the, with the success I had when I received a completely unexpected phone call from uh, someone at the U.S. Treasury Department um, and asked if I would be interested in, in coming in to the office of uh, the International Tax Council at the U.S. Treasury Department. Um, I had not at that point thought about doing something like that, and um, I, you know, thought maybe I would, um, uh, you know, try it, but I was also about to make partners, I said, and I had a wonderful mentor at the law firm um, that I spoke with, and he advised that going in as an, an attorney at the Treasury is something that may come up again so that I should wait and, and make partner 
um, and then go over um, a few months, and, and that's what I what I said to to the uh, the Treasury folks, and uh, they said, well, well, we may call you again at some point, and. A few months later, they did call me again and said, well, would you consider coming in as the Deputy International Tax Counsel? So went back to my mentor and said, well, you know, they called me back. <clears throat> and he said, take it. It's a no-brainer. You'll, you'll, um, it's a great uh, it's public service, and it's something you'll learn a lot, and, and it's a great position. So that's what I did. And I went in to the Treasury Department and worked on very interesting issues, had my first experience um, being the delegate for the U.S. at the OECD. Um, and after, you know, two years, I decided it was a good transition point and ultimately uh, started thinking about what's next. And I had opportunities at other law firms, but it was the first time that accounting firms were beginning to, in the U.S., to really look at attracting lawyers into their national offices and talked with KPMG thought that given the policy work I had been doing and, and you know, many other reasons, the way that KPMG operated its national office, that I would take the leap from, from being a practicing lawyer and to come to, uh, to, come to KPMG. So had a great uh, experience at KPMG for, you know, eight or nine years, and, and then the Treasury called me again um, and asked me to come in um, if I would be willing to come back and serve as, um, you know, International Tax Council first and then Deputy Assistant Secretary for International Tax. And I, I did that, and that was just an incredible experience. Again, um, I did that for, you know, three-plus years and then returned to KPMG to head up their international tax practice and uh, now to head their national office. Based on your career journey and experience, what are some of the strategies you think can help women grow within their organization? Um, I would say one is... Don't assume that people know what you're doing. Um, I think uh, women in particular um, who are, uh, you know, tend to keep their heads down and, and, and do what they can and, you know, work very hard at it um, and assume that everybody knows what they're doing, how they're contributing, and um, how hard they're working. And I think that assumption, particularly in large institutions, is not, um, is not always accurate. Um, so finding ways, even if it's not necessarily in your nature, to make sure that that folks know how you're contributing. Um, I would say the other strategy is to find someone that you trust um, within the organization to serve um, as a mentor and ideally as a sponsor for you um, to help guide you um, on, you know, various aspects of of how to be successful in the organization, but also as, as being someone who's going to champion um, what you're doing and um, and be able to amplify those contributions. The, the final thought I had was to not count yourself out from opportunities. I think um, often uh, women, as, as leadership opportunities or other things come up, make assumptions about their either qualifications to serve or or their ability and capacity to do so and may not even have the conversation with either a mentor or with the with the the leadership who's making those decisions um to think about um how they might be able to contribute and so you know they count themselves out before even considering and I think that can that can often lead to a lot of missed opportunities Kamal would you add anything you really have to trust your instincts and you have to trust your judgment. I continue to speak with, with people today about career moves and career trajectory. And there's one thing I do know um, 
your personal situation does matter. And so you've got to be comfortable in your personal circumstances to be able to take these leaps of faith from a professional level. I do think those two things go hand in hand. Um, but I, I, I have to believe that taking risks and doing things out of the ordinary continue to set you apart from your peers. Sharon, who has inspired you the most throughout your career? Uh, you know, my father, which... You know, it's interesting. As I said at the beginning, you know, he was completely horrified when he realized that I was planning to audition for a ballet company. He really inspired me because my father really exemplified somebody who had gone through a lot of difficult things and just worked hard and kept going and had his priorities right um, and achieved things and really taught me that you know, working hard is a good thing. And that has always really stuck with me. Thanks, Sharon. Manal, who in your life has inspired you and, and why? Um, so I'll have to say, you know, my parents, my, both my, my mother and father, um, they they are, you know, immigrants came over to the U.S. right after they got married. Um, and, you know, their experience here, I think similar to a lot of, of, of immigrants, um, was really an attitude of uh you know lots anything is possible if you if you set your mind to it my father just his his attitude his his optimism his ability to to bring people together and 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 his uh, you know kind of communication skills have all been sort of drivers and inspirational to me and and part and parcel of of who I am over the course of your careers what is some of the best advice you've received manal well, I've received a lot of great advice throughout my career, but one that stands out um, was when I was actually in fifth grade, and it was a fifth grade teacher. When I would raise my hand to contribute to class, um, at one point he, he called me in after after the class was over and said to me, do you realize that every time you say something, answer a question, you giggle afterwards? And and he said, you know, you, what you say is actually really, really interesting and insightful. And you don't, you know, I think you might be sort of giggling afterwards because you're not confident in what, what you're saying, but you should be really, really confident in what you're saying. And I, I completely understood what he said and he was right. And it gave me, um, you know, two things was sort of just a self-awareness, but also the, the, the fact that how you present yourself and the confidence with which you um, express yourself matters and um, that that is something that is in your control. Kamal? What I've learned is that you have to continue to build relationships, not just with your peers, but also with your leaders, because they are making decisions every day. And if they don't know you, they don't know how to include you in their plans. Sharon, can I ask you what you're most proud of professionally and personally? So professionally, I am, uh, you know, I'm very proud of kind of how far I've come in this area of, of tax disputes in a, in a major firm like this to hold the role that I do is something I really am incredibly proud of. And it's led to so many other things, you know, because of this, the work I do here, I sit on a UN subcommittee on tax dispute resolution, which most people don't even realize that the UN has a tax-related committee, it does, and a number of subcommittees. Um, so I'm incredibly proud of that. Um, on a personal level, I am most proud of my family. I have an extraordinary husband, 
um, and four amazing kids and two dogs. I shouldn't leave them out, Clark and Lana. And um, my kids and my husband are, are my greatest support. Um, when I need cheering up, they are there to make me laugh or to or to tell me to, you know, stop being a drama queen. Manal, can I ask you the same question? Professionally, I have to say it is is the it's the opportunity that I've had to do government service. Um, the two stints at the Treasury Department were just phenomenal experiences um, for me. I was really um, thankful for the opportunity to, to to do government, to do public service. I think it's really important. Um, I learned a tremendous amount um, in those periods of time that I've been able to apply um, to my private sector um, experience. Personally, you know, hands down, I'm most proud of my family. Um, I have four children, and being a mother has always been something that was, um, as, even as a child, I knew I wanted um, to be, um, and it was very important to me. My children are just um, really incredible. Um, not perfect. Um, none of us are, and, and, and I think they are incredible because they are, they are not perfect, but I'm just so proud of, of what they've achieved. Kamal, how do you feel the tax profession is doing in terms of gender parity and embracing the power of diversity? So I do travel a fair amount, and when I go to certain locations, you can see a number of women in the tax profession and women leaders in the tax profession. My view is that the reason women tend to make such strong leaders in tax is because they're very powerful in terms of their communication ability. So as I think ahead and I consider um, how the tax profession is evolving, I continue to see bright lights in terms of females getting involved. They're not only bright technically, but they're also able to take those difficult concepts and explain them in a way that's relevant for their stakeholders, whether they be senior stakeholders, whether they be tax professionals or non-tax professionals. So... I continue to see a strong role for, for women. Um, do I think there's plenty of work to do around the world in terms of gender parity? Probably so. But I'm inspired by the fact that there are spots of, um, spots of progress. Sharon, what do you see as some of the biggest barriers to female leadership? I do think that despite the fact that there's been a ton of progress made, there is still sometimes... Um, a perception issue around the viability of women's leadership style. And I think women have a different leadership style. Um, and, uh, you know, there's still some lack of familiarity, uh, hesitancy around a woman's approach to to leading a group or a team or a company. I, I think that the fact that there haven't been a lot of women leaders um, or enough women leaders to get people comfortable is still a barrier. Manal, what barriers have you encountered? I think some of the, the, the biggest barriers are connectivity um, to decision makers um, in, in an organization. You know, maybe because they're, they're balancing other things, they're kind of keeping their head down and not being part of those connection groups, those networks, I think sometimes, you know, women themselves don't raise their hands for opportunities, don't put themselves in a position 
um, to uh, to be considered um, because they count themselves out. Um, they make an assumption about what they're, you know, that either maybe they don't have the skills um, or they don't um, they don't have the capacity um, and and assume that it won't work rather than maybe taking um, a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, and that can that can count you out. Kamal, if you had the chance to start your career over, knowing what you know now, is there anything you'd do differently? I do believe that I would probably invest differently in relationships. You know, there's that old adage about how CEOs make very tough decisions in, you know, a very short period of time. Some say that most most decisions are made in about nine seconds and difficult decisions are made in, you know, maybe 90 seconds. It's very important um, at senior levels to have a level of trust. And I think that trust is built through relationships and familiarity. So not only through one's body of work, but also through just the ability to understand someone's perspective, someone's attitudes towards change, someone's attitude towards um, progress and growth, that I think those relationships, not only from a sales perspective, but also um, from an internal organization perspective, make a tremendous difference in, in one's future. Manal, how do you balance being both a mother and a professional? I think um, it's less about balance because there is no perfect balance in my mind. It goes, it's, it's more about control and being able to have control um, when, when you need it. Um, and I think that's what I've strived for, um, but staying as connected as possible, constantly checking in with those that I care about um, and um, making sure that um, I'm somewhat uh, both forgiving of myself at times when it's not perfect and um, appreciative of, uh, of you know, the, the, the uh, input that I'm getting and constantly listening. And Sharon, anything you'd add? I, I think balance is an interesting word. I, I think it shifts. I, I don't think there is a recipe. It's just a question of kind of where you are in your life and, and how to find that place that you're essentially happy and feel, you know, okay. You know, for me, having the flexibility and being able to arrange things in a way that let me do the mommy stuff and also, you know, do my, do my job, um, it was a great trade-off and, and worked and and I was I was happy with it. And finally, Kamal, what are your thoughts? I've been very blessed to have uh, you know an infrastructure that allows me to take time away from the family and know that my, my children are being well looked after. I've found over the years that being away from them is is very difficult, but we are in a, a demanding profession. Um, and so over time, what I've really tried to do is manage my schedule so that I know where I will be, when I'll be there. And for those times that I'm going to be at home, I make every effort to spend that opportunity um, with my children or with the community um, or with my family at large to ensure that I give them some undivided attention when I can. Thanks, Kamal. To wrap up our conversation today, and based on your experiences, can I ask you each to pass on some advice to the next generation of female leaders within tax? Kamal, can we start with your thoughts? I think this is a great opportunity for female leaders in tax. 
think one of the things we have to do is find our voice and take up space. And as I think about some of the key issues in tax, which is the transparency agenda, trust in tax, communicating with key stakeholders, I generally believe that these are areas where um, women have strength. Manal, what advice would you highlight? You know, be part of thinking creatively about how to strike balances at, at moments in your life that you need to strike um, the balance, but that gives you the greatest flexibility and options for the future um, as, as you grow your career. Um, and um, I would say um, pay it forward. I think leaders, um, both women and men, frankly, um, who tell their stories help those that are that are coming up understand the art of the possible. I think the more people tell their stories, the 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 more that younger professionals and younger women see the art of the possible and are are less likely to count themselves out um, for the future. Um, and then I guess finally I would say is to be forgiving and that perfection is not attainable um, and uh, that uh, that there's a lot. Um, in between perfection and failure, and uh, and that uh, and you should just uh, make sure that you you're uh, not so your harshest judge. And Sharon, any thoughts or advice that you'd like to add? So I got two pieces of advice. One is give yourself a break. Um, you know, we're all striving for the next thing, the next role, the next big case, the next you know, whatever, but you have to give yourself a break and nobody can be 100% on every minute and it's okay to not be perfect. This kind of constant driving and feeling that you you have to be um, just a perfect 110% of the time is ridiculous. The second thing is um, a piece of advice from my ballet teacher, who is 92 now. And um, when I was struggling through the, my father won't let me audition, and what am I going to do? And, um, you know, she said, life is strange. Things are not black or white. Um, There are many shades in between. And don't think in terms of one or the other. Sharon, Manal, and Kamal. On behalf of our listeners, I'd like to thank you for your time today and your candour in sharing your professional and personal experiences throughout your career. It's been an eye-opening conversation that I think will really resonate with our listeners. For more information on International Women's Day, please visit kpmg.com IWD. Join us again next time and please email us with any questions you have about today's episode at tax at kpmg.com. And we'd also love to hear from you with any suggestions you have for future episodes. Thanks for listening.